Welcome back to another episode of Win Championship Repeat, Boston Sports Podcast. And on this week's episode, we're going to be looking at the Boston Celtics potential trade deadline, what it could look like, um, also what Brad Stevens usually does when it comes to trading and how everything is kind of secretive. And I also want to look at a former Celtics player, Kyrie Irving, who was just traded and some rumors involving Kevin Durant. Um, So let's get started. So the Celtics are a team that many would say are buyers at the deadline, even if it is small buyers. I don't really see them going for a big trade, more so filling their roster in different ways using trade exceptions or smaller um, additions to the team, which could be acquired using a combination of um, Justin Jackson, Peyton Pritchard, and Dylan Leo Gallinari. And I don't expect them to go for a player at best 10, 12 million, uh, but nothing more so because then you'd probably have to use um, one of your bigger contracts to get that done. And they just aren't going to mess with their core that has been doing so good uh, to make that happen. Um, when it comes to different moves and trades and Everything involving the Celtics, um, you know, there are a lot of different names uh, to uh, to look at and a lot of different things to take place. Now, with uh, the Celtics, one of the things that I've kind of uh, noticed um, is basically this, which is Brad Stevens is very close-lipped in terms of what uh, will happen and what could happen. Um, and it's one of those, uh, you know, situations in which he doesn't really like discussing a lot of that stuff. And, you know, it's a situation where whenever trades happen, it's usually kind of a little bit of a surprise more so than anything. Um, you know, when Derek White was traded, it was kind of unexpected. You know, when Malcolm Brogdon was traded, it was unexpected. I mean, I was just driving down the, the road listening to the radio uh, NBA on Sirius XM and it turns out that Malcolm Brogdon was traded and it was kind of like a surprise because it was like well it's Aaron Nesmith and Daniel Tyson a first round pick and a bunch of guys that don't matter and we were like oh damn that's like a good move because Malcolm Brogdon's a pretty solid player when he's healthy um, and so one of the things that um, we ended up seeing was You know, he got traded and it was kind of like, I don't want to say out of nowhere, but um, it is a situation um, where uh, it wasn't expected and he definitely has worked out well for us. And so there are countless, um, you know, trades that happen and they're just kind of like surprise trades for the Celtics and the fans aren't keyed into it. And a lot of the rumors are just rumors. There's no truth to them because they don't happen. Um, there were reports that they could be interested in moving on from Grant Williams because of his one-year contract, and he makes $4 million, and there is, um, reports that he could be on the move in a bigger deal, and he could be, um, looking for a potentially bigger role with, uh, a new team. And so, when it comes to the Celtics, um, they might not want to pay him, and that might be... Um, an issue and so they could be um, looking for somebody else to um, you know to go for 
um, and they could be getting rid of Grant Williams. Uh, apparently, the Miami Heat have interest in Grant Williams. Uh, the question then becomes, what would you be looking for in terms of a trade? I mean, I don't know exactly what uh, the Celtics would want. I don't know um, what would need to get traded. Would a first? Would some seconds? Would Nikola Jovic? Would somebody else? Um, and, uh, you know, it's an interesting situation because we just don't exactly know what is going to take place, you know, and we're kind of uh, unsure of what uh, the situation is um, entirely. And so, uh, I mean, it's very, uh, you know, what I would say um, up in the air, but if Grant Williams is traded, it should be in a bigger deal with some of these other players that have been mentioned. Um, and so... Peyton Pritchard, as mentioned before, is looking for a bigger role. He could get moved. And so one of the sort of places that I think the Celtics could look to is the Detroit Pistons for a few reasons. Number one, they have Sadiq Bey, who I don't think is getting moved, but maybe now with Grant Williams potentially on the table, he could be. Um, they have Alec Burks, who I think is a great player for the Celtics. They have Nerlens Noel, who they've been interested in. Um, and... Uh, yeah, that's the, the situation, um, you know, and they could end up looking for a trade that really makes sense. Uh, and so I was reading this article that looks at potential trade targets from every team uh, that could be a trade possibility for Peyton Pritchard. So these are all of the, the names um, to look at, and I'm guessing they're all around his price range, but... Uh, Detroit Pistons, they say Kevin Knox, which I don't see any point in that. Uh, Jalen McDaniels from the Charlotte Hornets, which I could, I guess I could see that one. Uh, Kent Bates Diop from the San Antonio Spurs, probably not, but I guess, uh, depends on what the offer is. Uh, Golden State Warriors, Moses Moody, apparently Golden State had interest, um, and, uh, those were just the four teams that were mentioned in the most recent report about Peyton Pritchard. So um, it could be um, something. Teams interested, there were four of them. Uh, San Antonio, Golden State, uh, Charlotte, and Detroit. And so as the Celtics look at their situation, they don't want to really mess with things, but they also want to add to make themselves better. Because if you look at their team as a whole, they have eight or so, nine or so uh, players who are going to be important pieces to your team. So you have... Um, Three, uh, your three guards, which is uh, Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White, and Marcus Smart. You have Jalen Brown. You have Jason Tatum. You have um, Grant Williams, Al Horford, and Robert Williams makes eight. And Peyton Pritchard would be, I guess, your ninth guy. Um, and then you have Luke Cornett and the rest down the line. So my assumption would be that the Celtics would probably move on from Peyton Pritchard and Gallinari and some other pieces and would add in... Um, a ninth player, which could be Alec Burks. That's probably the most uh, likely of names uh, to go for, but that's something. And then there's probably going to be another trade for a big because I think they need a big, not so much for the playoffs, but before the playoffs so they can get someone who is actually like a competent big who's healthy and can kind of get minutes during the regular season and hopes to make sure Robert Williams and Al Horford are close to, if not 100% healthy, going into the playoffs. And so if you can give those guys a break and a rest, like if the Celtics trade away, like Gallinari, Justin Jackson, 
and Peyton Pritchard and bring in like Alec Burks. And then they use one of their trade exceptions to bring in some sort of a big and use second round picks to do so. Then you'd basically have uh, Luke Cornett, Blake Griffin, and um, this other big as kind of assurance, but more so they can get more of those minutes. And so you're not playing Tatum as much. You're not playing Al Horford as much. You're not playing Robert Williams as much. So those guys can stay healthy for the regular season. Yeah, they might play 20 minutes a game, but then you're going to have other guys step in and get more minutes when um, you're up by 20 or when you're down by 20 or when things are, you know, looking like, you know, they could use uh, some changes uh, because your starters are a little tired and need a break. And so, you know, when it comes down to the playoffs, you're going to only have like nine guys who are going to be playing. And that's why... I don't think they're going to go crazy for a big because they have, in theory, Grant Williams, Al Horford, and Robert Williams, who will be your bigs who actually play um, playoff minutes-wise. But bringing someone else in who can kind of get those minutes and be sort of your bench big for the regular season is important for this team in a lot of different aspects because you need someone in there who can, you know, who can do that and can kind of make sure everyone else stays healthy while these guys can come in the sort of lower end players and uh you know it's you know something that uh could end up taking place where these other pieces kind of uh fill the cracks um and uh you know that's uh something as well to to help with so bringing in a big who can do that is important he's not obviously going to play a lot but enough so where he can just kind of fill in when needed and more so during the regular season get more playing time then I think you'd be uh, all set. So my guess is they're going to add some sort of a wing who's going to get a lot more playing time and then play in the, the playoffs and then you're going to probably get one big who comes in and he's probably a cheaper one and someone who's just more a healthy uh, option for whatever you have going on during the regular season. So I want to take a second and talk about a trade that just took place involving the Brooklyn Nets and a former Boston Celtics player. Um, this was a little bit of a surprise, but a welcomed surprise. And uh, Kyrie Irving. So Kyrie Irving um, was with the Brooklyn Nets and was traded to the Dallas Mavericks in a deal that was definitely uh, a blockbuster in my opinion and it was including some players and picks and so Mark Keith Morris and Kyrie Irving got traded to the Dallas Mavericks in exchange for Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a unprotected 2029 first round pick and two second round picks. So that is the trade. Uh, we have the Dallas Mavericks adding in Kyrie Irving and so just my own thoughts on it. First and foremost for Brooklyn, this is a nice way to get out of someone who didn't want to be there. He just was done. And I mean, Kyrie Irving put the Brooklyn Nets through the ringer with um, everything, like the vaccine stuff and not playing. And there were so many issues that he just, he just ruined his reputation as one of the best point guards in the NBA. And it doesn't matter if he can shoot 20 nine points a game and 11 assists a game and is an all-star level guy like he's ruined his reputation with just the stuff he's done to kind of get teams aggravated with him and 
it was not great for Brooklyn to have to deal with Kyrie for all that time. And there were obviously things that the ownership did and the team itself did to limit his playing. But at the same time, it was also Kyrie who did a lot to cause anguish to the organization. And now he is uh, done. He is gone. And they got a pretty good return. I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie is definitely going to help you. He's a, a good point guard, reliable point guard. He gets hurt sometimes. And that's been an issue. But he's very good when healthy. You get Dorian Finney-Smith, who I think is a very nice wing. He's a 3 and D wing, and I think with him and Kevin Durant, you got a lot of opportunities for switching because he's a power forward, small forward guy like Durant, and I think he's a good player to have. And there were rumors that they were looking to move Dorian Finney-Smith uh, before the deadline, so it worked, I guess, in that regard. They get a first, which is important because they traded away most of their first to the um, Houston Rockets in that deal, so... That's pretty good, and some seconds, which is not bad. Uh, so at the end of the day, it was what I would say a solid trade for the the side of Brooklyn. I think Dallas is taking a big risk, and it's definitely a risk that hopefully will pan out for them. But at the same time, it could just blow up in their face. And it's something that could easily just destroy their core, their locker room, everything. And... It's a tough situation to be in because, unfortunately for Dallas, there was great players, but not good enough players that could get a deal done uh, in terms of like a bigger star-level type trade because you don't have that sort of stuff to, to, to really talk about. And when it comes to the picks, they have picks, but are they going to be great picks? And they don't really have a ton of young players outside of Luka, who's not getting traded, and Josh Green, who's... Um, I guess average at best and so it's very interesting to see how it all played out and the whole scheme of it uh, and hopefully it works for Dallas because I like Mark Cuban and I've always liked the Dallas Mavericks and I just honestly don't know if it will and this is a big move for them that could even end up failing at the end of the day and if it does that's too bad but that's uh, where we're at and there are a lot of uh, reports coming out about the other offers and other stuff and according to Mark Stein one of the Nets uh, owner Joseph Tsai presumed objectives was not to trade Irving to the Lakers which was his preferred destination after he requested a trade from Brooklyn um, and he could have been annoyed with Irving and how everything turned out and how he just basically said yeah I'm done see you later um, and it was very, uh, I would say, um, expected because he basically made this tough situation for Brooklyn. And um, now nobody's going to want to help you out in that case. And so, yes, he wanted to get traded, but they were looking for the best deal for them. And uh, that's it. And so I saw that the Lakers made an offer, which was Russell Westbrook and two first-round picks. But the Lakers countered by wanting... Austin Reeves and Max Christie in any of those deals, which they basically just wanted everything the Lakers had, which was way too much, which obviously everyone knew it wasn't going to happen. So they basically said, well, if you give us like all your young guys and your draft picks, then we'll do this deal. And they knew in their heart of hearts that the Lakers would not accept that. And so it wasn't happening. So this deal was basically 
null and void because unfortunately um, there's really nothing you can you could have done to get the Lakers in Brooklyn to make any sort of trade with the Kyrie Irving situation. Um, you know, they weren't going to help him out because he basically just kind of um, was like, yeah, I'm all set. See you later. And so they were like, all right, but we're trading you to a team that we wanted to trade to. Dallas had interest. And uh, that's that. I will say uh, it's not as good for Dallas overall because it could cause them to blow up and it could blow up in their face. But um, if he is good, then this was the exact move that uh, Dallas need to make. And who knows exactly what's going to happen. So then we got uh, some fuel to the fire involving Kevin Durant. And um, this is the latest on Durant. So two things, one of which does involve the Celtics. Uh, Phoenix is apparently getting themselves in the race for Kevin Durant. And apparently there were rumors that they are already getting an offer ready if um, something comes about. And then we had Stephen A. Smith, who on first take decided to um, reignite the fuel in the Kevin Durant and Jason uh, Tatum pairing. And he fueled the fire of the Kevin Durant, Jalen Brown trade rumors when he was talking about um, the situation with Kyrie and Durant and everything. Um, and here is sort of what he said. Um, keep an eye on Boston. Um, I'm hearing Boston is making some calls. Keep an eye on that Jalen Brown. So I don't know if this is just him wanting to start some fuel in the fire, someone who is um, just putting that out there himself, or if there's actual truth to the rumors. I don't know. But what it has done is caused all of Boston Celtics Twitter, Instagram, and the like to go apeshit over this and a lot of people are saying ah well we can't do this don't do this again don't trade away Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant it's not going to happen and then you got other people who are like yeah I kind of want to see it happen because I think we need to get over that hurdle and I think this does it um all I'm gonna say and this is just me um I am going to say that I'll believe it when I see it um and if I do end up seeing it, then who knows? Um, yeah, that's, uh, it's not going to happen, but, you know, it's one of those I'll believe it when I see it things. Um, I saw a few things that uh, Mayor Eric Adams from New York said about Kyrie. He said, I will find the team that beats us the most and send him to that team because then we'd start beating that team. Um, I think he also said, you know, when you have a team, you have to uh, uh, be there for your team, and Kyrie Irving wasn't. So he's basically taking shots at Kyrie um, in that regard. But in terms of Kevin Durant and sort of trying to fuel the, the fire to this um, rumors, um, who knows exactly what's going to happen um, in terms of what trades could take place with Kevin Durant and Jalen Brown if anything, um, and so it's one of those things where, uh, Kevin Durant could be moved, and if that's the case, Boston could be a team, it also could be just some sort of rumor, and they're just using the Celtics name, um, you know, it's tough to really know exactly what's going to happen, 
But what I will say is that, uh, you know, they have to do their job and get things done. And, you know, we have to go out there and try and win. And if a deal gets done and it gets us to win a championship, that's all that matters, in my opinion, as it should only be the same in your opinion as well. And so, you know... As a Celtics fan, that's what we want most is winning a championship. And there's a possibility that Durant comes here and does that. I mean, just recently, uh, Wick Grusbeck was talking to Scal and Eddie House, and they were talking about the deadline. And he was talking about how he talked to Brad Stevens and said, we got to get this done and we got to focus on this year, not things that will take place three years from now and benefit us then. And we got to muscle up and get the job done so maybe Wick Grusbeck is more in on this Kevin Durant saga type thing because he wants to get this done now and maybe he thinks well we could win a championship in three years from now with Jalen Brown or we could win right now with Kevin Durant and it's about right now it's not about what will pay dividends in three years so you know as much as you can try and speculate what I'm gonna say is it's one of those situations where I'll believe it when I see it, but after what Wick Grusbeck has said, he might be more in on this uh, than many of the fans believe. And again, the Celtics don't really, they don't talk. They don't really say much. And one of the most interesting situations that could take place from this is not Jalen Brown getting traded, but potentially Durant coming in without having to trade Jalen Brown at all. Because... You could get to a situation where Kevin Durant says, I don't want to be here, I want to go to Boston. And the Celtics could say, okay, what's the best offer? And the fact that we have Malcolm Brogdon, who makes $20 million, and the fact that we have other guys on our roster who make so much um, less uh, than that, but also could be good for salary matching, means you don't have to give up Jalen Brown. And the Celtics have all of their own draft picks out of uh, 2023, is the only one they don't have, but they have 24 through onwards. So they could make a compelling enough offer uh, where they say, look, we'll give you Malcolm Brogdon, we'll give you somebody else, and you know we will go out there and give you as many picks as you want. You know, we could see like Robert Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, and maybe like Peyton Pritchard for Nicholas Claxton and uh, Kevin Durant with the Celtics giving up like three first round picks. You know, it's always a possibility. And it's one of those things that uh, you never know. So um, all I'm going to say is it sounds like uh, Wick Grusbeck wants to win a championship this year. He knows this is as close as we're going to get to doing it. And being a number one seed in the Eastern Conference is good enough. And my opinion to be like let's go for it let's put the pedal to the metal because this was something that I saw I was watching um, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce were talking about it and they were like well you got to keep your foot on the gas like you can't just let up a little bit because you're the number one seat you have to go out there and actually like put pedal to the metal so you can get this done and so I think that there are a lot of Celtics fans who have been sort of on the fence about this Jalen Brown situation. There are a lot of Celtics fans who have been uh, very vocal against trading him entirely. And there are some who are more on the, you know, Kevin Durant is a top five player and Jalen Brown's not on that level. So it's one of those things where, you know, when Kevin Durant's healthy, he is top five. 
And Jalen Brown, when healthy, is a top 20, 25 player. So there's a big difference in terms of that. And if last year's team was, oh, let's make it to the finals with this group, and this year's team is Kevin Durant, Malcolm Brogdon join in, and we win a championship, then that's just a little bit extra that got us over that hurdle. And maybe that's exactly what we need. Because... You could trade away Jalen Brown, you could trade away Gallinari and Pritchard, and that could probably get you salary-wise to where you need to be, and then you could, you know, trade some picks if you want to or not. You could just say, we'll give you Jalen Brown, Gallinari, and we'll give you Peyton Pritchard, and you give us Kevin Durant, and that's it, and it's something that maybe they'd consider, especially because if they want to start some sort of a rebuild or retooling, that's a pretty good player to have, so... Um, I don't know if Durant's ever getting traded, but if he does ask out, um, there are going to be more rumors and, you know, Brad Stevens doesn't really say much and we don't know what's going to happen until it happens. And so, uh, I just keep my eyes on it to see if something ends up coming because the deadline is on Thursday. 